Welcome to the Film 7 Podcast, the show that keeps you updated with all the latest TV and movie news. My name is Andy and I've got here with me Jake. Hello Andy, very glad to be here and excited for what we have in store today. How are you doing? You good. get up to any film adventures this week? Yep, yep, I'm doing good. Um, yeah, didn't watch many film films, but I did watch something on Netflix, which was really good and we'll talk about it later on. Um, um, I had a meet up with um, Adam Ward who's the director of a film on um, Amazon Prime, Wally Got Wasted. Um, more about that later. It was a really nice um, chat we had. But basically, that's been it for me for the week. That and some other housekeeping items. But yeah, been good. What about you? No, not, not many film adventures really this week. I haven't really sat down to watch any TV or film stuff. I've had a lot going on this week. Uh, I would say the only thing really was the BAFTAs, which were entertaining in some places and other times they were kind of boring, but we'll get into that in a bit. Awesome. So now we're going to kick off the show with our first segment, which is movie and TV news. Our first topic of this week is coming from Warner Brothers. So, The Hollywood Reporter is reporting that Warner Brothers is in the process of developing a trench movie. Okay? This is a movie, a spin-off movie of the Aquaman universe, as we saw in the Aquaman film. Uh, and it's going to have a horror tinge vibe to it. Uh, it's going to explore this underwater territory, uh, which I was quite fascinated when I was watching Aquaman about. So it's going to be a smaller budget movie from what we hear, and the main cast of Aquaman are not going to feature in this film. So overall, what you think are your general thoughts that Warner Brothers have announced this film that they're going to move forward with? Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it, mainly because it's a twist from what we expect when you hear Aquaman. So the Aquaman movie came out and it was fantasy, a lot of laughs, a lot of jokes, a lot of color and all of that. And now they're putting a dark, if I may say, a dark twist to it. So I'm kind of excited because it's the same thing that was done to Logan. Logan was this dark take on a bright character, you know. So this is something I'm looking forward to. I like it when there is a twist. I like new things. I like when a studio tries something new with established truths. So this is something I want to see. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing this as well. Um... I sort of echo your thoughts about I like the idea that they're spinning off into something different and obviously I'm a big horror fan so I'm hugely excited that they're going to go into like the the area of the trench because that was one of the scenes in the movie that was one of my favorite scenes because it did have that horror vibe to it and the creatures as well they looked scary. I'm interested in that aspect that they're moving forward with it. Um, one thing I'm not too sure about and this is not so much that they've announced this film this is more on Warner Brothers part is that should we really be focusing on the trench right now when you still need to get your universe going a bit? You know, like I said in previous episodes, you need to establish your core characters. Now, we know that the Batman's moving forward. Wonder Woman 2 is happening and stuff for that. I don't see anything about Superman. It seems to be a bit quiet on that front. And I think you need to have those sort of characters in place first, and then you can dive into this sort of stuff. On that note, though, am I going to watch this movie? Yeah. Am I, am I excited for it? Yeah, because it will be a different take on the superhero genre. I'd like Warner Brothers to maybe team up with Blumhouse on this one. I think that would be a very interesting partnership. As we know, Blumhouse have a very good track record at the minute with horror films. So if they put their foot into the superhero genre, that would be really interesting. That's what I'd like to see. Well, the budget suggests this is not like a main focus for them. The budget suggests it's just something that, you know, a side project it's not going to be their their one of their main sources of income for the year you know have they announced who's going to direct it uh no no i think james one is attached but maybe only as like a producer so if he's attached then you know what we're going to get because that's his that's his horror's his thing exactly yeah. so you know it's i think it's going to be good I, you know i i second the motion but i don't think from the budget it's not one of their main things for the year. So we'll just see how it goes. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how they are going to combine it after this movie. Because I there will probably be some Easter eggs for the upcoming Aquaman movie for Aquaman 2. So it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to combine a horror 
take plus the fantasy take of Aquaman. It's just going to be fun to see, but we'll see. Yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, Staying on Aquaman 2, so it hasn't really officially come out yet until recently that we were getting an Aquaman 2, but now it's official that the screenwriter uh, David Leslie, Johnson McGoldrick, will return to pen the sequel. Uh, He co-wrote it with James Wan. James Wan is still not confirmed yet whether he's coming back. I think he was stated that he needs a good story first before he comes back to do it, which, fair enough, if you ask me. Uh, And also confirmed, I mean, this was pretty obvious, but Jason Momoa and Amber Heard are confirmed to come back for the Aquaman sequel. So there seems to be uh, a possibility of maybe a Aquaman universe in itself, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So you're fitting into the DC universe, but you have like this own little pocket of the underwater world, which I think I think is kind of interesting, and it's something Marvel haven't done, which is which is good. I've always said DC need to do what DC do, and just focus on what they do, not concentrate on what Marvel are doing. So if they want to take it into this direction and have little pockets of universes, like you could have the underwater universe, and then you could have like a little pocket of the Batman universe, you know, Batman, Nightwing, uh, Batgirl. That that would be really interesting and a, and a interesting take on the superhero genre. Yeah, I agree. I mean. I'm of the few. I wasn't, um, and you can check our last when we reviewed Aquaman. I wasn't a massive fan of the film because I felt it was a bit too playful and there were so many plot holes and just some things just didn't work for me. But by reason of how much it made in the box office, maybe I was wrong to even not like it. But so. I'm curious to see what they do with the second part. It's not one of those things I'm like, oh, wow, I can't wait for this to happen. There are some movies we're going to talk about that I am really excited about. This is probably not one of them for me, but I still want I want to be wrong about the Aquaman thing. It's not yet kicked in for me yet. I want to be wrong, so I'm hoping a second movie will do me justice, would ch- help change my mind. Because if you, if you remember... This was long before we started the show, like years ago. I wasn't actually a fan of Marvel. Yeah. I was always telling you how I'm more into DC than Marvel. But somehow, those guys, they bought me over. By the time they stayed giving me some good stuff, they bought me over. And now I'm a Marvel apostle. I'm a Marvel disciple. So <laughs> I'm ho- hopefully DC can do this with Aquaman for me. I th- yeah, I think the, the future of DC at the minute looks promising. Uh, and we'll get into that a bit later on with the upcoming movie. But uh, our next topic in the movie news is Disney release the first TV spot or like sort of mini teaser trailer of Aladdin, which we finally get to see Will Smith as the genie. So I'm going to let you go ahead on this one. What what did you think of this trailer? So I liked the trailer. Everything up until where we saw Will Smith. Everything was okay. One thing that I like about this Aladdin movie is the casting you know they've listened and they've casted people of the same cultural heritage as the original stories so we don't get um we don't get um who do I mean we don't get some dude from America some white dude from America playing Aladdin because that's you know it's not it's not culturally accurate yeah but in this movie they've just done the right thing so i like that it looks colorful the cgi was looks at this time obviously they, they're still tweaking things but it looks really good you know no, there's nothing about the film we do not know because we've all watched the animated version so we just wanted to see a new take and i'm liking it the only thing that i am not a fan of yet is will smith as the genie so the problem with will smith for me is because I grew up watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, whenever I see Will Smith in any role, I see Will Smith. I see the Fresh Prince. I don't see the character he's trying to play. So like this, and I think this is going to be a classic example of that. When I saw the genie, all I was seeing was Will Smith and the Fresh Prince dressed um you know painted in blue and all that there i couldn't suspend my disbelief and say no this is not will smith this is a genie or this is somebody else and that's something a lot of people share that same sentiment about will smith so but saying that um like you said um 
I had the same feeling about dead um, Deadshot in um, Suicide Squad, and I thought it was gonna be this, I'm gonna be seeing Will Smith in Deadshot. But when I watched the movie, you know, Will Smith just killed it. He was one of the bright sparks for me for the Suicide Squad film. So maybe I'm just being over cautious, but um, that's what I feel about the trailer for now. No, I echo your sentiments as well about being cautious in terms of Will Smith. Uh, in regards to the trailer, I, I did like it. it. It Very much like you, up to the point of the reveal of Will Smith as the genie. I think it looks very pretty. Uh, there's a lot of color in there. I think the um, visual effects look really, really good, especially on Abu, the monkey. And the name escapes me of Jasmine's tiger, but you saw the, the quick shot of the mm. tiger coming down. That looks pretty authentic to me. And, you know, Disney's pumping a lot of money into the visual effects, into making animals look as real as they can. So kudos to that. Uh, echo your sentiments about the cast. It is, I'm glad that they got some unknowns as well. Like we never heard of these pretty much these actors or actresses. Uh, one thing I am a bit iffy about the cast is the casting of Jafar. Mm, okay. Um, when he was talking, he spoke to Aladdin and you know, he says, you have to go into the cave and stuff for that. I didn't find that intimidating. I thought, eh, not didn't work for me. But it's a, t it's a trailer, so we'll see in the, in the full movie. Um, and then we get to, obviously, the big reveal, which is Will Smith as the genie. Now, I have some issues about the visual effects on that one. Mm. I think it needs to be a lot tighter. Uh, I think from a company like Disney sh showcasing what they have done before, I think that's disappointing. I think they could have done a lot better there. Uh, I, I, I don't know how this got passed and, uh, and, and like, how did not someone go, oh, this doesn't look quite right. Maybe it has, and maybe it was some people forcing, no, we need to get something out there to show the public, whatever, I get how it works. But they've only got a few months before this movie comes out. I think it comes out in May. So I, I don't know, I mean, I'll hold my judgment until I see the movie and in context, but right now I'm not keen on the way it looks. And the same goes for Will Smith as well. Now, when he was first cast as the genie, I thought, okay, yeah, I can see Will Smith as a genie. I don't really know who else you could cast as a genie because it was such a memorable performance by the late, great Bobby Williams. Uh, but I could see the genie, but like you, I did see a lot of Will Smith just... You know, the Fresh Prince just painted in blue. Yeah. But like I said, I'm going to reserve my judgment until I see the film itself. But from the trailer, visually stunning, but I'm still iffy on Will Smith. So which one are you looking forward to more this year? The Lion King or Aladdin's um, remake? Oh, Aladdin. Uh, Aladdin, sorry. Oh, The Lion King, 100%. The, the Lion King is one of my top anticipated movies of this year. Oh, wow. Just because I have such a you know connection to that movie I, I watched that movie on repeat growing up so many times so yeah okay so it is award season this at the minute so we got the oscars and everything coming up but right before the oscars we have the british version versions which were the baftas which were on just last week uh so roma pretty much dominating the baftas and this award season in general it looks like they're probably going to get the oscar but we'll see uh, I mean, you saw some of the categories and the winners. What were your thoughts about the BAFTAs? Expected. <laughs> there was no surprise there. Um, the, the folks I thought would win won. You know, the honorable mentions were honorable mentions. Nothing jumped out out for me. You know, um, Roma, like everybody knows, is the, is the film of the year. You know, it's, it's a real good film. So I was expecting it to push the awards to, you know, to take the awards and that's exactly what he did and i'm sure it's going to probably win best picture in the oscars so no surprise there for the bafters it's a safe year for me yeah i agree with you there uh, a lot of safe choices um i do have to give my congratulations to the, you know the cast and crew of roma mm. and you know the director alfonso Coron because they've made a, a film about a you know as, as as he said himself you know an ethnic minority of a struggling family a mexican film in black and white released on netflix so all, all all those aspects were totally against it winning an oscar and and it and it went ahead and did it and not only not sorry winning the bafta but not only had did it win the bafta it, you know alfonso won the best director it won best, best cinematography and, and it's winning all these awards i just have to give my props to them because they've done an outstanding job and i've watched the film myself it is 
a beautiful film to watch and very touching. As a filmmaker, one of the things we always hear, it's all, um, as filmmakers, is it's all about the story. You know, we get, I don't know if you know much about it, but the movie, the independent filmmaking industry right now is so democratized in the sense that things that were available only to large, things that were available only to large studios 20 years ago is available to everybody for a very cheap amount of money. So anybody can make a film that looks like a Hollywood blockbuster. That's how the independent film uh, making um, industry is right now. So with that, what you get now is a lot of quote unquote crap films looking like Hollywood films because it's very easy to make a film look good. So there is now the mantra that it's all about the story. So this film Roma wasn't made to look like Hollywood blockbuster. It was shot in black and white. That means you could have used an iPhone to shoot it. But it's all about the story, the characters, and all of that. They didn't try to distract anybody with the CGI or with beautiful colors or production design. They kept they were true to the story and um and the characters and as the well. characters. So it's a lesson for us as um those I say us I like independent filmmakers that when you have a story to make you know, it's all good to have the best shoot on an Ari Alexa and have the best production design. And it's very good to do all of that. But the key thing you should focus on is having a tight story. And I think that's what they've done in Roma. And that's why they're getting all the accolades that we see them having today. They didn't, they didn't get distracted with the hype of a number of things. They just kept true to the story. Yeah, it's fully deserved. I think a couple of others that I'd like to point out fully deserved for me uh, is animated film Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, killing it. Like I said, I think it's guaranteed to win the Oscar. And like I said, leading actor Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, one surprise for me, which I wasn't too keen on, was, was uh, Sound by Bohemian Rhapsody, which won. I think there were better films for Sound. Me being a sound designer and, and mixer and editor, the sound is a big part of me when I go into watching a film. Don't get me wrong, the sound of Bohemian Rhapsody was massive, but I think a lot of that had to do with the music rather than the sound itself. Mm. So I think it could have been either given to, personally, my favourites, either A Quiet Place or uh, First Man. Yeah, I think that had to do, I think that had to do more with the fact that it's BAFTAs and um, Freddie was an Englishman, so there has, yeah. there's that, you know, maybe patriotic thing about it. I think that, that played a part in it, you know. Yeah, but I think you should always give it to the most deserving. But uh, we know what sometimes these awards can be like. Mm. But anyway, so from one spectrum of the film industry to the other, we go to Shazam. So there was some new footage that came out recently, uh, and it was also like a sort of like a behind-the-scenes look. We had uh, Zachary Levi and the name escapes me of the kid that plays Billy Batson. They were talking about the movie and making this movie. Um, you saw get to see little new clips of the movie that we haven't seen in the trailers before. So you saw this piece of footage. What do you think? I, you know, I liked the chemistry between the actors be behind the cameras, not in front of cameras, but behind the cameras. And that plays a, a huge role in what you see when the camera is rolling. The chemistry the people have. You, you, sometimes you can watch and you can watch a film. I mean, I can. I can watch a film and. In the film, I can see these two are supposed to be friends in the film, but I can tell that behind the scene, these two people have no chemistry. It, it just doesn't, something just doesn't feel right. So it's very important as a filmmaker that the characters that are supposed to have a chemistry in the film should have a semblance of chemistry outside the film, you know, and you could get a sense of that in the film that these guys really liked each other, they were happy to be there. It was a fun movie. They were having fun. It just felt everything. It just felt right. Most of the superhero films that we've watched are about a reluctant hero who has to be a hero because of a personal tragedy or something and he does not want to save anybody. He just wants to be left alone. That's what we get in 90% of the, of the movie films, of, sorry, of the movie, um, of the superhero movies. But this one, it seems like 
we are going to get a superhero film of a guy who really wants to be a superhero. He's he's like us. What would we do? Like if I became Superman today, I don't think I'll be a reluctant. I don't think I'll be reluctant. I would want to show off. I'd want to fly. I'd, and I think we're going to see us in Billy Batson, you know? So it's a superhero who is not reluctant, who wants to be a superhero, who is enjoying the power he has. So we're all going to see ourselves in Billy Batson in this film. And that's pretty cool. So it's I'm, I'm very happy with what I'm seeing so far. And I'm it's, it's looking like it's going to be another film. It's going to be like Deadpool, a film we're going to literally enjoy watching. I mean, I don't know how to top that, really. You pretty much said everything I was <laughs> going to say. Um, yeah, I mean, the best comments or the comments that came out to me the most was what you were saying when Zachary Levi was talking about that most... Uh, superheroes are like these reluctant characters that feel this enormous responsibility to do what they do and it, and and it and it's almost like oh i have to like he says i have to go save the world again like he's genuinely stoked to 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 be a superhero and have fun with it and, and like you said like this is he's going to be all of us you know that that's what i would do it almost goes back to one of my favorite scenes in all the dc films is um in man of steel when Super, when superman's first flight when he's flying, when he finally realizes how to fly and he's getting the hang of it, the smile on his face and he's enjoying himself. I want to see that, you know what I mean, in this, but obviously to a new level because it's a 10-year-old kid. I really like the fact that it is connected to the DC Universe because, you know, you see the newspaper clipping of Superman and you see the Batarang. Uh, so it looks like it is connected to the Henry Cavill Superman and the Ben Affleck Batman, which is interesting. So, yeah, I mean, you pretty much said it all. Like, this just looks like a really fun movie to watch and it looks like they had such a good time making it as well and and to go back to the chemistry between them two that like you said it's so important because if that doesn't work the whole movie doesn't work do you know what i mean because the whole movie is based on these two personalities so well i say two different personalities but it's actually one, one person yeah. it's one personality <laughs> yeah. and i like the fact that it was the older actor who had to act more like the kid which yeah. which is interesting it's almost like 13 going on 30 in a way and you're discovering becoming an adult uh but with all these crazy superpowers as well so yeah super looking forward to shazam shazam uh, not long either we've only got about probably about six weeks to right. wait i still can't wait for that it's gonna be fun it's gonna be like i was saying to you um off air it's gonna be sort of like it's not a competition but it's gonna be dc's response to deadpool yeah that's what it's going to be. It's going to be funny. You saw the poster. We had him uh, chewing bubblegum and just texting on his phone. You know, that's the kind of thing you'd see Deadpool doing. Yeah. You know, and we have that with Shazam. So it's it's going to be a very good film. And I can't wait for us to review it when it's out. But I can almost guarantee we're going to love it. So we get into our next topic, which is another trailer. We did have quite a few drop this week. Uh, this was the first trailer for Tolkien. So this is a biopic based on the legendary J.R.R. Tolkien, who, as most of you should know, was the creator of The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and the whole world of Middle-earth. And we get, finally, uh, the trailer for this biopic featuring Nicholas Holt as the man himself. So what did you think of the trailer? You saw that. Yeah, I saw it. I'm hoping I they give the man all the respect he deserves because this guy, um, Tolkien, he changed story writing. He taught us how to imagine and create worlds if it wasn't for him and you know there's no way to quantify what i'm gonna say but i believe if it wasn't for people like him and uh, the george orwells and people like that there'd be nothing like star wars there'd be nothing like universes where you, everything would be based on reality because if you know in the um 60s when um in the 60s and 70s, most of the movies that came out were all based on reality, what was going on at the time. There was no um, fantasy, there was no world building, but it was when people discovered, um, you know, his writing, his books, That which was when that happened. That well, his books came out in the 50s. In the 50s, yeah. yeah but, yeah. you know, it, it, it was only like, I think it was his brainchild to create universes you know things that are away from the current reality and i just hope they give to him um justice in this movie um yeah that's what i think yeah i mean i really like the trailer as well um 
I like the fact that it showed the comparisons going between, you know, his happy times with his friends and his, what it looks like his his uh, partner in the Greenlands and in, and in college and stuff like that. And then you show the grim side of him being at war. The war was a very, very big part in Tolkien's writing of the Middle Earth, you know. He drew certain comparisons with the rise of machinery and the evil in, in the Middle Earth and stuff like the power of the ring. So I really hope they bring that element to the film. But more and more, more in all, I just want to see them, like you said, be respectful to this to this great, great man who created these insane universes and, like you said, allowed us to have more imagination. He started with a map and he drew out the world and from there it just went on. He created the world before he created the stories. He created the languages and the races and the history of these races and stuff like that before he actually constructed uh, the stories themselves. Which is incredible. Nobody, nobody does that really these days. No, you normally start with a story and a character, and then the world. You know, you, like we always like to say a lot, the world building. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But he actually started on the other side with the world building. So, and I really hope we get to explore that. I don't know if one film is maybe justifiable enough to see his whole legacy of work. I think we'll just see his creative process, how he came about creating all of that. So our next trailer, it's the next installment from Blumhouse, and this is Octavia Spencer featuring in the film called Ma. I'll start this one off. Now, I, I watched this trailer, I thought, ooh, this, this popped out, a new Blumhouse film. I thought, what? Gotta love a Blumhouse horror. So I thought, check it on. Start watching beginning, I thought, oh, this is like a, like a horror teen type of film, you know, kids getting drunk and stuff like that, and then something's gonna happen. But then it took this unexpected twist and you know, with Octavia Spencer character inviting them over to their house, and like there's parties going on all the time, and then you, that you see that her like somehow getting a hold of their numbers, and that they get involved in the, in their lives in some way or another. And this entire trailer, I was just on the edge of my seat. It was proper proper thriller, uh, in the sense of like what is going to happen next. I don't know. And uh, in the sense of horror, that it's not quite jump scare, but it's a jump scare in the sense you're not expecting when this is going to happen. Not only that, as we expect from Blumhouse now, it looks like a really good story with interesting characters. Yeah. Uh, and especially that last shot at the end with her and all those like sort of dead bodies. Oh. So yeah, I I'm all aboard this 100% in. Uh, I think it comes out in May. Uh, so I'm, I'm there. I'm there opening night. It reminds me of Get Out. Which is, I mean, we both agree it's one of the greatest horror thing of the next, of the past couple of years. The it's, last 10 yeah, years, I'd say. It's been one of the best horror movies out there. And it just reminds me of that. It, like you said, it, it doesn't have that jump scare horror to it. There's this crawling under your skin type of horror. Then they start playing some music. Then suddenly something just happens, bang, and you're like, whoa, it reeks of that. And it's. <laughs> It's gonna be a good one. I, I, I so can we, you know. I see what they did there. Ma comes out in May. You see, M A M A. Yeah. You know. So no, we're we're totally gonna see it. We're totally gonna um, review it on the show. It's oh yeah, something to check out. A hundred percent. I mean, th this again. This is a another year lining up to have look promising to have very good horror movies this year. What, what with us and and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah, I think the horror genre is sort of moving away. I'm hoping it's there to happen. The horror genre is moving away from all these jump scale type of movies. It's moving to more under your skin, crawling, slowly crawling. I call it under your skin type of horror. You know, all these get out, ma, you know, quiet play. There, there, there's something about that type of horror. And I'm I'm kind of these are I'm I'm happy with it. I'm tired of jump scare led horror films. Saying that I did enjoy Hereditary last year, but there's just too many and all they're doing is playing on our playing on us as mammals mammal as a mammal you will always react to loud sounds you know so they're just playing on that and calling it horror and i just feel that's cheap every anybody can do that but give me something that really terrifies me you know and and i will clap for you so this is one that we will we're going to review on the show and um looking forward to it check out the trailer it's called ma really ma. nice yeah well to echo what you're saying like in a different sense of 
type of horror as well. I think what makes it more terrifying now, and you've seen in films like Get Out um, and Ma and Looks Like Us as well, is that the villains or the monsters are people. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what makes it even scarier is that this could actually happen. You know, when you obviously watch the trailer, you'll see the gist of, of how, but a scenario like that could happen. I think that's what makes it scarier. Us as humans watching this going, wow. While obviously Quiet Place, as scary as it was, there was an element of fantasy because of, you know, the, the monsters. But it was the way they did it, which obviously paid off. But that's why I think when you get into a human character, like Halloween as well, it's just a guy under a mask. That's what makes it even scarier. And who is this guy sort of thing. So, yeah, I think the art of horror storytelling is maturing. I think that's the best way of going about it. Yeah. yeah, I never thought of it that way, but now that you said it, it, it makes a lot of sense that it's because this can happen that terrifies us more. Okay, so we'll go into our next topic now, which is Chadwick Boseman and Spike Lee, to an amazing performer and an amazing director, teaming up for a Vietnam movie called Da Five Bloods, which is going to be on Netflix. So we got the basic premise of it here. And it's The Five Bloods follows a group of African-American Vietnam veterans who return to Vietnam and learn to come to terms with each other while they search for the remains of a fellow soldier and hidden gold. So, ND, this has got you written all over it. I'm going to let you start this one off. You know, if you remember last week, I told you the kind of movies I like um, when, when, we, when it comes to, you know, predominantly black films. I like retro you mix in some retro, you mix in some old school black comedy, some old school black vibe to it and mash it all up together. Those are my type of um, black films. So it looks to me that this is exactly what this is going to be like based on the premise and the setting of the film. And who else to do something like that than Spike Lee? Spike, that's, you've seen Black Clansman, you've seen all Spike Lee's movies. It has elements of that and you're taking it to vietnam and you're giving them a clear mission and yeah it's just it's gonna be so much fun this is something i am very very do we have a date on this uh not that i heard of no 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 date as of yet i mean i i'll need to google it to see if there is but when i read the report i didn't think there was a date attached to it oh it's 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 i'm i'm just you know how I said Shaft is now my number one movie anticipated movie? This one follows that same. I'm looking forward to it. I want to get more information on this. I'm actually yeah, we'll, Google I'll, it. I'll Google it. We'll Google it later, see what happens. Yeah, I'm interested in the fact that it takes place during Vietnam. So in the, like Black Klansman, it's in the same era. Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I believe Vietnam was in the wars in the 60s, right? 70s. Was it the 70s? We can Google that. Okay, well, I think it was the 60s, so it, it, and they're, they're obviously returning after the war, so this could very well take place in the 70s. Uh, so it's going to have that element that Spike Lee loves, as we saw in Black Klansman. Uh, but for me as well, the fact that he's going to be working with Chadwick Boseman, as we know what an incredible actor he is, obviously from Black Panther, as we know, but several other stuff. Uh, I'm just interested in this movie and, and the fact that it's going to be on Netflix as well. It's, Spike Lee is given a bit more free reign, I think, to what he can do. Uh, not that he was restricted in Black Klansman, but I think Netflix uh, will allow him to do a bit more of what he would like to do. M maybe, you know, make it a three-hour movie if he wanted to, but we'll see. But yeah, yeah, the overall premise really excites me. The fact that Spike Lee and Chadwick Boseman are teaming up yeah, I'm all down for this movie, 100%. Yeah, and Netflix is known for that. They're known to give the writers and directors a free reign to do what they want to do. They're not restricted to, like we get in movies. Movies are um, really restricted to a lot of things. But in Netflix, not really. They just let you express yourself as a filmmaker. So whenever I see a known name from the normal movie set side of things doing something for netflix it's i'm very happy because they are going to be allowed that freedom and netflix is popular it's known for that that's why we get things like black mirror on netflix because there's a lot of freedom that is given to the creators by netflix so this one spike lee joins on netflix based on vietnam <laughs> it's gonna be awesome yeah I can't wait. all down for it yeah <laughs> uh, from one netflix property to another 
Uh, now, I absolutely loved this trailer, and I this is the last trailer we're going to be talking about this week, and this is Netflix's Love, Death, and Robots. It's a project by Tim Miller and David Fincher, and I'll start this one off. This trailer is absolutely bonkers, and I love it. It has everything a nerd like me could possibly love. In the title, it says it all. Love, Death, and robots. Now this is like a one minute teaser trailer and it's so quick it just shows you little glimpses of all these episodes cut up over this hard pumping industrial music and it's just madness. It's showing you exactly what it says. There's all sorts of sexual activities going on. This is not for kids by the way. Gore, violence, robots killing each other, fighting, having sex. Uh, this just looks like a mixture of cyberpunk meets horror sci-fi action everything just absolutely everything and the fact that it's coming from tim miller who as, as we know is the director of the first deadpool movie and david fincher this just looks insane it's gonna have 18 short stories right i think they're gonna average from three to like 30 minutes so it's gonna you got a wide range of genres and stuff for you there uh but this trailer just got me even more excited than i than i was already for this series so it's just insane. This is me written all over it. When this drops, I'm just going to press play and I'm not moving from that sofa all day. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you didn't know this had come out. You'd come over. I, I told you, Yo, have you seen yeah. the trailer? And then you saw it. So what did you think? Yeah, you know, literally, I heard that um, Frank, um, not Frank Miller, sorry, Tim Miller was doing this with Fincher. And I was going to talk about it in the show. Went a couple of weeks ago, but we never got to it. And I told you this morning that, hey, did you hear this is going to come out? Then you showed me the trailer. And I am like, wow. Because one of my best animations of all time till, you know, Spider-Man came and took that place. One of my best animations of all time has been the Animatrix. This looks like the Animatrix had a baby with the Black, black Mirror. This is what it is. It's like everything you've said it's grungy it's it's really not for kids this is an rated r series so they held nothing back and there was a lot of gore there was a lot of cyberpunk there was it was gritty it had dark dark stories with deeper meanings and all of that so this is if it's if if that's your kind of stuff you're gonna really love if you loved if you liked the animatrix you are totally gonna love this it looks so good and again, like we said, it's on Netflix, so there is a lot of creative freedom there. And um, oh, this looks like they, Netflix just told Tim Miller and David Fincher, "Make what you want." Yeah, yeah. We're so, not even going to look at what you're going to make. Just make it, and then we'll release it. Yeah. That's what it looks like. This is going to be really good. For this is one of my most anticipated things of the year now. On honestly, like after seeing that trailer, this just looks insane. Yeah, and I don't blame you. I don't know if I'm going to watch because I know how good it's going to be. I'm wondering if I'm going to watch it, binge it all at once, or I'm just going to take my time. You know how when you go to a restaurant and they give you like a very good meal and you've had the you first bite, it. you want to, yeah, just take your time and just eat it slowly. I don't know if I'm going to watch it all at once. I'm just going to take my time and just watch it over the course of a weekend or something because I know I'm going to be impressed. So um, Love, Death and Robots that's check it out, coming out March 15th on Netflix worldwide so nobody has an excuse to miss this out we're going to go into a next topic which is the ever growing stellar cast of June okay, this is just getting ridiculous now, so just recently we've, they've been announced Jason Momoa will be joining the cast alongside Timothy Chalamet Oscar Isaac Rebecca Ferguson, Javier Bardem, Dave Bautista, Zendaya, Stellan Starsgaard, sorry, uh, Charlotte Rampling, and Josh Brolin. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, what do you say to that cast? Shut up and take my money. Yeah, yeah. just pretty much. And director uh, Denis Venuvige, so I always butcher up his name, you know, director of Blade Runner 2049 yeah. and Arrival. Mm. The, I would say arguably the two best science fiction movies I've seen in the last five years. Beautifully crafted films. Oh, the cinematography on them is amazing. I think June is a perfect property for Denny to do. And this cast is just ridiculous. Like, I don't know when this uh, production starts. Uh, November this year? No, sorry. Uh, my mistake. It's due to release 
November 2020. Mm, okay. Okay. So I would imagine they're going to start shooting pretty soon. But this is just... Take my money. Take all my money. I'm a huge fan of the original novel by Frank Herbert. If anyone's a sci-fi fan and loves reading, this that is the book you should check out. You know, if it, like we said before, before about Tolkien, June was way before Star Wars as yeah. well. And if it wasn't for June, I guarantee you we wouldn't have Star Wars the way we have it now. Mm. George Lucas did read that book thoroughly and took inspiration from that. So check out the book and just get yourself get yourself prepared for this movie because yeah. with this cast and director. I can't wait. I can't wait. So it's called Dune. Dune. D-U-N-E. Dune. Look out for it. It's really going to be awesome. I mean, I want... You know, when I see a film with this amount of... This level of talent in the cast, I'm like, I don't want to be the producer of this film. How how are you going to make... How are you going to put this all together with the budget? You, I, didn't, I don't want to be the producer. It's going to be so hard. You know... This As is, a director, though, you're probably like, oh yeah, As director, oh, you're like, this is gonna be it's gonna make my job so much easier. Exactly. Yeah, you know, you don't need to do much. You just give them the script and just let and them, they'll do their thing. They'll do their thing, and you're just there, and all you're worrying about, you're not even worried about anything. You're just gonna, ah, uh, it's. I I want to be the director. I don't want to be a producer in this type of film. Oh no, this it sounds like a bit of a job with all this stuff yeah. cast going on except i'm kathleen kennedy who's one of the greatest i know i give her a lot of stick because of star star wars but she's one of the greatest oh yeah producers. I, i've said before i don't think you can tell the story of hollywood without kathleen kennedy yeah. being involved yeah like 100 you know, yeah you know like i said if kathleen kennedy i know it i can't help it but talk about star wars sometimes but like i said if kathleen kennedy wasn't the producer of star wars and somebody else did it and messed it up what everybody would have been saying is, why doesn't Disney go get Kathleen Kennedy to do it? Or somebody, you know? yeah. Exactly, yeah. but you know. That's right. Well, sticking on Star Wars, we'll go to our next topic, which is this literally broke uh, this morning. Mm. Okay. Literally, as I woke up, I went on Twitter, uh, and there it was. Star Wars Episode Nine has wrapped filming. Okay, principal photography is done. You know, J.J. Abrams released a tweet with the picture of Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, and Oscar Isaac all hu hugging each other. And you could see the, the crew in the background. It looks like they were in a desert Tatooine. sort of planet. Tatooine, you reckon? Tatooine could be going back to Jakku. Mm. We don't know. So, I mean, you heard the news. I mean, what what else is there to say? I'm episode nine. <laughs> well, it's 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 there. Like it's it's done filming. You know, what I'm really looking forward to. I can't wait for the title to come out. Because once the title is out, then we will get into theory mode. The internet will just we'll get into th theory mode and you'll start hearing people giving different theories about this and that. That's that season I'm waiting for. Um, I just want, I know, I want to know the title because this is that movie that has to work. Oh yeah, of course. So in regards to the title, so we know that Star Wars Celebration is uh, in April, which is only just a couple of months away. That guaranteed we're going to get a teaser trailer there like they did uh, with the last two films, The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens. Now, do you think we're, we're going to get the announcement of the title there with the trailer? Or do you think we'll get it before? I think what we're going to get is a teaser of the teaser trailer. But the purpose of that will just be the title. So we'll probably get like two, three seconds of the actual film. No, two, five seconds of the actual film then the title then a one-liner so the purpose of that would just be to reveal the title get everybody buzzing about it then a few months later down the line going into star wars celebration exactly yeah. then we'll now get the the proper trailer that's what i think um i mean that does that does sound like a good idea um i mean I, i've got i've got a bit uh tired of i'm also i'm all a bit tired now of everyone asking for the title i'm just like when they release the title they release the title and it will be what it will be sort of thing uh, I do like your idea. I'm willing to wait, though. I'm willing to wait. I, I, I'd like them to wait until they show at Star Wars Celebration. So, you, you know, the teaser. And it'll be typical Lucasfilm. It'll go black. Yes. Lucasfilm will come out. And then the trailer will play. And you're, like, going crazy. And then right at the end, Star Wars. Boom. And then whatever the title will be. I think, th I think that would have such an impact. And then the internet would just go crazy. Oh. Oh my goodness however what would happen on the there internet? is a flip side to that which i think could also work so this is more from a business standpoint lucasfilm want as many waves 
of people talking about Star Wars as possible. So another way of looking at it is a smart thing would be to do is release the tile, maybe in a couple, and maybe like in a week or so, that they because they've just finished filming, sort of thing. I would say very much like you have like maybe quick shots of Ray, Kylo, Finn, Poe, something like that, just quick shots of them, and then the title. I don't think you need like a line in there. I think just quick shots will be fine. Then everyone's going to start talking about the title and theorize. And then obviously when the trailer comes out, everybody will start talking about it again. And then the marketing machine starts getting rolling. Mm. So, yeah, I think either of those two could work. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I think this is not just for the excitement. This is one of going to be one of the most anticipated Star Wars movies. Not just because everybody's excited whenever Star Wars is coming out, but because of how divisive The Last Jedi was um jj abrams is back on on his back directing it everybody wants to see not only that it's the end of the quote skywalker saga that, that that's a big thing as well yeah. going for it you know this is the end you know everybody wants to see what happens yeah how it all ends yeah. mm, so it's really going to be this is highly anticipated it's going to be I, I can I can predict it's going to be extremely toxic before in the Star Wars community before it um if it's released once people are just gonna because the Last Jedi was so divisive people are just really gonna be divided about people are gonna be like oh they're gonna mess it up and people are gonna be like oh it's gonna be redeemed and some people are just gonna be like like you are gonna be like please just give me a movie yeah. Yeah, you know? that, 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 I mean, that's that's what I'm going to... I think a lot of people are like that, though. A lot of Star Wars fans are just like, you know what, just give me the movie. If I like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't. Some people, you're never going to change. Some people like to hate for the sake of hating, mm. whether that be hating on people who didn't like The Last Jedi or hating on people who did like The Last Jedi. Both of you are just as bad as each other, I think. It's a toxic environment that we do not need in the Star Wars community. Now, you listeners know I'm a huge fan of The Last Jedi, ND did not really take to The Last Jedi at all. We can still sit here and have a conversation about Star Wars and not, you know, insult each other and ha say horrible things on the internet regarding this. Yeah. So I think this is good news for Star Wars. I think, every, I think the fan community should just embrace that we're getting episode nine. You know, tons of stuff is, is happening in Star Wars. Uh, I'll mention this because we're talking about Star Wars as well. This morning as well. They've wrapped principal photography on The Mandalorian. Whoa, I didn't know that. It's done. Nice. Ten episodes in the can. Nice. That's going to come out probably just before episode nine. Uh, so it's, for me, it's an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. There were also some uh, other Star Wars announcements during the week. Not announcements, but it was confirmation about the Wayne Hall, um Yes, the Benny. I mean, we'll... We don't really have we don't have a movie to review this week, so that's why we're going on a bit a bit more on the news. So we'll just carry on talking about Star Wars because that's what we like doing. Yes, Benioff and Weiss movies. It's is it confirmed though? Because it was a HBO executive who said it. It didn't come from Benioff and Weiss. It didn't come from Lucasfilm or Disney. It's, it makes it's, sense. It's I just it, it I, makes sense. Yeah, yeah it yeah. makes sense. Oh god, do you know how good that shows? If three movies, trilogy of movies, yeah. yeah so yeah, we, we didn't say it's a trilogy of movies. So before they said a series of films, so we didn't know what that could be, but we can pretty much confirm now that it's going to be a trilogy of films. Do you know how good it's going to be? I'm everybody's saying it's going to be based on the Old Republic, which I hope it is. I, I like that. I, well, I don't want it to be based on the Old Republic. As, I, as in, I don't want it to, you know, because you got the books and the games that we all know and love. I don't want them to just copy that. I want them to make their own story, but in that era, if you know what I mean. That, that's what I want to see. Yeah, it's, do you know how good that's going to be? I hope so, man. I mean, I, I have full trust in Dan and Dave, you know, obviously what they've done with Game of Thrones and stuff like that. It'll be interesting to see how some people take to it because you as a Game of Thrones fan now... There, there was a lot of criticism towards them when they started going away from the books, you know, because they were, they wanted to start focusing on characters you could follow, and not be mad every time someone dies, sort of thing. Which, they, which they, which to me, I, I thought the last two seasons were the best mm -hmm. because you started following the characters a bit more rather than following them for a couple of episodes or a season and then they die, sort of thing. But that, that was. R.R. Martin, not them. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. So the first few seasons, they followed the books, like everything, you know, like that. But they did get some criticism when they stared off the books. So I'm interested to see 
how they play with the Star Wars universe and how uh, obviously they, they said they're big fans. I would I would imagine they will have utmost respect for it. But I also want to see them do something different. I also I want to see them do their version of Star Wars. And like I said, if it takes place in the Old Republic, you don't have to worry about it tying to all the other movies and characters and plot lines. Do your own thing, galaxy far, far away. Mm-hmm. That's what all I have to say about them. Yeah, I, 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 I am I'm almost confident. Like you said, because they've done such a good job with Game of Thrones, it's... Uh, it's almost inconceivable that they're going to mess this up. It's inconceivable to think that these guys are going to mess this up because you have such a rich um, pool of, res- of, of of source material to pull from, you know. So yeah, it's going to be good. And if they base it on the Old Republic, you're not going to get, if it's based in the time of the Old Republic, you're not going to get a lot of this fan reaction to the last Jedi that we see, where they say you're not staying true to the story and all, because there, there is not very little, there is not as much known about the old Republic as there is about you know the current um, you know Empire and all that. So it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be very good. What year is it going to come out? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. I, I think after Episode Nine, we're going to be taking a bit of a break from the Star Wars movies. Um, I think absolute earliest earliest 2021 but i'm thinking more 2022 mm. i'm thinking that's when that's when the first movie will drop um in relation to that since we're on the top of star wars there has been quite a few bits of star wars news uh this one was not in the notes but we'll talk about it anyway uh, it goes on to what you were saying about the divisiveness of the last jedi uh and because like D- D- dan and dave are going to do something that's not attached to the main story that we know and love so going to ryan johnson this is why i think uh, so there was a, this huge rumor leaked out that uh, Ryan Johnson is no longer working on his Star Wars trilogy. It made the rounds. Everyone was going crazy. It forced Ryan Johnson to come out and say, no, it's still happening. It's still in development. I'm still working on it. Cool. Um, I'm happy about that. I want him to do his, his Star Wars trilogy because I think he will do a good job if it's what he said he's going to do, which is a new characters, new storylines in an area of the galaxy we haven't seen yet. When you're not uh, attached to the main characters in the Star Wars saga, like the Skywalkers and stuff like that, and when you start to see him do something like that, I think people will, will like the movie because you have whether you like The Last Jedi or not, you have to admit there were some beautifully directed scenes uh, like from Ryan. Uh, he is a very talented filmmaker. Maybe he wasn't in some people's opinions, like UND, wasn't right for the main Star Wars story. Mm. But if he could do a movie like Looper, which is, one of, again, another one of my favorite sci-fi movies of the last 10 years. If he could do like that, but Star Wars, but not obvious, but in his own sort of sense, the characters and storylines, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm like, give him a chance. Like, Well, you know, it's funny. Everything we've talked about on the show, I've always been like, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to this. I'm really not looking forward to it. Not that I'm not. I'm not looking forward to this. I'm not. I was happy. This is nothing personal against the person of Ryan Johnson, you know. So this is not anything personal against him as a person. But I don't want him anywhere near anything Star Wars anymore, based on what he's done with the Last Jedi. This is just my opinion. So when I heard that he's still on board he's still doing something i'm not chuffed about it i don't see a way i i i, I'm, I don't know if he's gonna do a good job when he releases Here, here's a question yeah. though let's say this is this is it goes ahead it gets greenlit and the first movie comes out yeah obviously you're still gonna go see yes, it because yes. it's a star wars film yes but you if it if you if you did enjoy the movie let's say it was like wow that's what a great movie what a great star wars movie then that'd be okay, wouldn't it? Yes, of course that, okay. that that's fine. Like, and then, like I said, you can if you didn't like the Last Jedi, you can always go. Well, I didn't like that one, but I like all these ones. Yeah, that's that, that's what yeah. I mean. Yeah, and it can turn you around on Ryan Johnson. It, it could, yeah, probably it could because I did like Looper. You know, it was a good. What film. a great film! Yeah, he is a creative man. He, it's just, he, he, I just think what he did to star wars in my my personal opinion which i have a right to have um i just think what he did to star wars was wrong but that's an opinion it's not a fact 
Okay, so uh, a couple more topics. Uh, this is, you know, this has been a good episode, man. <laughs> yeah, there's no film reviews, but we're like, still no film over. reviews, but we've just been talking, and I kind of like this. Um, but we've got a couple more topics to talk about, so we'll quickly bronze through them. So Ben Affleck. Now this is public. He's officially come out and said that he's quit the Batman, and he was on the Jimmy Kimmel show. And his uh, quote is, you know, I tried to direct a version of it and worked with a really good screenwriter, but just kind of couldn't come up with a version, couldn't crack it. So I thought it was time to let someone else take a shot at it. And they got some really good people. You saw these comments. What are your thoughts on Ben Affleck's point of exiting the Batman? As a fellow filmmaker and a film director, I totally understand what he meant when he said, we couldn't crack it. It's happened to all of us. It's it's you, you know you have the elements of a story, but you just can't at the same you know when you have a good story to tell, and you know when you don't. And sometimes that transition from a story to a screenplay is extremely hard. And you know, I felt it before where you you, you just can't get it done. It just doesn't feel right. You know, so I really sympathize with him on this you know and i totally understand what he means and it happens this happens to the best of us it happens to the worst of us there is a transition from story to screenplay and there is an art there and it's a very difficult place so i totally empathize with him when he says what he says i get it yeah I, i agree in some sense of what you said but I think there's a little bit of hiding the full truth here. I think there's there's a lot that we that they're not telling us about the whole situation. Um, obviously, f- for obvious reasons, they can't go into the whole the whole reason of, of what happened and, and how it happened. But I ob- yeah, he he might have had difficulty cracking like the right story. But I think a talented film filmmaker like Ben Affleck, who won an Oscar. And, and you know he's won several Oscars for screenwriting and, and directing. I don't know. I think I think especially of how he portrayed the character in Batman v Superman. I think he he. he I don't know. I I semi think he's lying. Mm. I think he had a story, but I think because of all the controversy that happened with him and Warner Brothers and obviously everything going on in his personal life, that led to eventually them saying, well, we need to move forward with this property. So you say there's more to it, but this is just the official story. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I, 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 I yeah. think there's much more to this story, but that's another podcast entirely. The whole, yeah. you know, the bat, the Batflick saga. So we'll finish off today with the Oscars. Now this is a very controversial pro- uh, topic, but it has been rectified. So we'll talk about initially. So the Academy were going to present four awards during the commercials to save on time, and these awards were cinematography, editing, makeup and hair, and live shorts. I'm going to start this one off. When they announced this, my immediate response was, that is an insult to the film industry. It is an insult to filmmakers, cinematographers, and everyone involved making films. I think you're cutting out a fundamental part of making a film. If you don't have cinematography, you don't have a film, especially with the editing itself. If there is no editing, it's just a mishmash of footage that you've shot. You know, if... cinematography and editing was the first thing when it came to making movies dating back to the early 1900s you didn't have sound you didn't have dialogue you didn't have music it was silent films and all it was was just a guy doing cinematography and then in the edit room putting this together so the fact that they want to cut it just to keep it short i think is an insult to the whole film industry as a whole and filmmakers involved you know here here i i totally agree with you it's that was a very insulting move thank goodness they've turned turned back but i think what they were thinking at the time when they made such a silly decision was they were thinking more about the audience people who just watch movies we know about this because we are also involved in filmmaking in our personal time we know a lot about those people behind the scenes but to somebody who's not like us, all they care about is what we see. They don't care about, they don't, a lot of people don't even know what cinematography is, what sound design is, what the editor does, what the director or the producer or the director of photography, they don't understand and they don't care about those. So I think that decision was to 
cater to that audience but it's extremely like you said it's an ex- it's extremely insulting it's sort of like you going into a restaurant and the only person you feel you should be grateful to is the waiter the person that actually serves you the food not realizing that there was somebody who took your order there was somebody who cooked it there was somebody you know there were a lot of people behind the scenes and the cinematographer the editor the hair and makeup these are some of the most important people in a film you can literally cannot make a film without these people and they chose not to recognize them in front of the world I, yeah i agree that was extremely insulting however one thing i'd say about the academy uh, is to me they seem to be an organization that actually listens to people to the public feedback and i did this back to when we had the oscar so white uh, movement they came out and they said yes we've messed up we've not paid enough attention to this topic but from here on now we're going to make amends and i have watched i have seen the industry change you know so they seem to be they do that they listen so this when this came out and there was a backlash how could you do this to cinematographer you know they listened and they've come out and said okay yep that was a mistake we are going to turn around you know so the academy over the years to me they've proven to be people that actually listen to public feedback there are a lot of organizations and corporations that do not care about what the public says but the academy to me seems like they really do care about what the public says about certain topics and they try and restitute for that no no, i agree with you in that sense that they do listen to the public if there's something like this does happen but my uh retraction to that is that it shouldn't have happened in the first place what, what who are the people deciding that the cinematography shouldn't be shown i just I don't know man like it shouldn't have happened in the first place like so you remove best cinematography but you keep in best song like i said this is it, it's coming down to a popularity contest uh, i think with a lot of these awards and i think people need to start looking into all the hard work that goes into making these films now, i've said this before one of the hardest things to make in this world is a film. Yeah. And what's even harder is to make a good film. Yeah. You know, it's incredibly hard. The amount of time and effort that people go through to make something just for us to enjoy for a couple of hours is unbelievable. And for them to do something like this, I think, is a bit of a slap in the face. Well, gentlemen, you have my curiosity. But now you have my attention. Well, so... We don't have a movie review this week. No, there's no movie review this week. So uh, it's been quite just a free-flowing conversation sort of episode. Uh, We're now going to get into our second and final segment, which is we're just going to talk about what's coming up and stuff like that. But this week's going to be a bit different. We're going to be talking about what's coming up with us as Film 7 Podcast. So as ND mentioned earlier, we spoke with a filmmaker known as Adam William Ward. So, Andy, you spoke to him. What uh, what news have you got for us regarding that? Yeah, so Adam has a film called Wally Got Wasted. It's on Amazon Prime. And um, I've watched the trailer. I haven't seen the film itself, and I will probably do that this week. Um, it looks interesting. It looks like there was a way you described it, a mashup between... Uh, uh, the hangover meets like Bernie's. Yeah, yeah and it, to that me... That sort of vibe. Yeah, I liked the trailer, and I'm going to watch it, and... Hopefully, um, we can get him on the show to give us some of his thoughts and his his thoughts and why he made it, how he made it, what were the challenges, etc. So we're going to get Adam on the show. He's based in the US, but we're going to try and um, get him on the show to talk to us a bit. Yeah, same as you. I mean, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I watched the trailer. I, th- I thought it was quite funny in some parts, so definitely going to give it a shot. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can get him on the show and get into his insight of filmmaking, how he approached it. Um, I believe, Andy, you said that he, uh, this is completely independent. Yes. Uh, did, did he, how did he fund, do you know how he funded this he, movie or? He funded this movie himself. He did All of it himself? Yeah. yeah. That's he, interesting. Yeah. yeah. And he, he's going to talk more about it, but what he said, he didn't want to be one of those that give excuses and say, the reason I haven't made a film is because I haven't got funding or I haven't, he was just like, right, I've got this story. I have a film to make. 
I'm going to make it. And he funded most of it, you know. So I'm so, I was so inspired by his story. So hopefully we're going to get him on the show and he's going to give us more details about it. I can't wait for that. Uh, And it's something to look forward to in the future. We are going to look at getting guests in uh, from various aspects of the film industry, whether that be uh, directors, screenwriters, cinematographers, composers, you know, big things come into film seven this year. So I hope you guys enjoy what we're doing. Uh, As in regards to what's coming, uh, there's nothing big movie coming out, anything like that. Uh, but what we're going to be reviewing next week, which came out uh, this week, actually, was The Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Ten episodes have just dropped. I can't wait to watch it. haven't had time uh, to watch any yet, but that is what we're going to dedicate our time to, finishing all ten episodes to review it for you guys next week. Yep, can't wait for that. So look out for that. Well, I mean, before we go, one, I really need to shout out to something I watched on net. We didn't review it. But shout out to something I watched on Netflix last week, and it was um, a series called The Kingdom, which is a samurai zombie movie, a a samurai zombie series. You heard that right. Samurai zombie (laughs) in a series on Netflix. It is so good. It's beautifully crafted with a very good story, very good characters. It's almost like an Akira Kurosawa movie in 2019. It's really, really good. So it's a shout out to the kingdom they did a very good job and i want you guys to go check it out yeah uh, andy showed it to me this morning i watched the trailer i thought this looks insane so it's something i'm going to be checking out as well and with that we come to the end of our show but before we sign off where can the people find you andy i'm on twitter look for nduaj n-d-u-a-j on twitter any other social media sites or a no. Vimeo account or anything like that? I've got Vimeo, but no, for now. For just now, just find Twitter. me on Twitter. <laughs> cool. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sweaty Jake. And you can also find us, Film 7, here on Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and every other major streaming site, apart from Apple Podcasts and iTunes. We're working on that. Uh, and on Twitter at Film 7 Podcasts. So big things coming, but until next week, bye.